0: Turn to Mark, chapter thirteen. We're not going to read most of this chapter, and I kind of debated like how like how much of this chapter should we read. Uh, but I, I'm going to summarize, I think like five six of it, um, and and really kind of anchor in on the the last portion of it. And it starts with uh, Jesus. Uh, he He's in Jerusalem with his disciples, and um this is my own interpretation, but they're they're walking out of the temple, and one of his disciples is saying, "Wow, look at the skyline of Jerusalem! isn't it great? I kind of imagine it like almost like if you've ever sat at or stood at Liberty Memorial and you kind of look at the skyline, and it's like, "Wow, look at all those buildings right and then Jesus just like drops this like bomb on such an innocent conversation, which is like. There's not going to be like one brick left of this temple. You know, imagine that. Uh, I do not want to diminish at all what happened uh, this week. But imagine if it was actually a lot worse. Like imagine if you knew that the whole city was going to be decimated. If if the, the Messiah was telling you, there isn't going to be one brick left of this place. Uh, like, how would you feel? And so I, I can only imagine what the disciples were like thinking. Uh, this, is, this is God's temple. How, like, how is this going to happen? You know, and they're still kind of seeing, like they're still in that, like they have the natural eyes. The Holy Ghost hasn't uh, like dropped on them in Acts 2. So, uh, one thing to just kind of call out is that Jesus is foretelling the future um, of events that are going to happen in Israel, and this prophecy on the destruction of Jerusalem, it was actually fulfilled in 70 AD, and uh, the Roman Empire, uh, Titus, who would be a future Roman emperor, um, besieged the city and and destroyed it, Uh, and this was the second... Jewish temple that had been destroyed. Um, just a ho- horrible event, and as the four of Jesus' disciples, it, uh, it was it would have been uh, <clears throat> Peter, James, and John and Andrew. As they're like looking at the temple, they're sitting on the Mount of Olives with Jesus. They ask him, "When is this destruction going to take place, and what will be the signs?" of this fulfillment, you know, because they're like, I mean, is this going to impact us? Is this going to impact our children? We don't know that. And like many uh, prophecies in scripture, uh, you often see that there's a partial fulfillment that can take place near term, and then there can be a latter fulfillment. And as Jesus is talking to them about these signs and wonders, uh, he gives a warning about being delivered to the officials. It took place in the apostles, like he's he's telling them, like you guys are going to be delivered up into like the Jewish leaders. You're going to be in synagogues. You're going to be put on trial. People are going to be turning on each other. And this is something that they actually saw in their own lifetime. That persecution of Christians as they uh, as the church was born. That this was something that they lived in, they were going to live through. And I think it's important to, to call out, like when you're reading Mark 13, and I didn't really put this in the notes, but I think it's just really important that um, a lot of what Jesus is talking about is the tribulation. And um, it the word tribulation is actually used in in this passage. And that this is for the Jewish people. This is for Israel, this tribulation. And um, it's easy to read this and to try to put ourselves into the, the narrative, but um, if you were to look at passages that speak to the rapture of the church, I would point to like Romans 11, 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 4 and 5 really, Um You'll see that this is uh, this is going to be a time that the children of Israel are going to go through, not the church. Okay, and <clears throat> so in, in some ways that can kind of be a relief to hear that. Um, if you've if you've ever like read Revelation and like how freaky scary it is, <laughs> and then it's like okay, oh that's that's not necessarily for us. That's for Israel. Um, and God's going to rapture out the church, that can kind of be like, okay, great. Like, that's comforting. But um, even though the New Testament Christian won't find themselves in the epicenter of the, the tribulation, um, we must soberly recognize that persecution, deception, false Christs and prophets, earthquakes, wars, and the like are all around us and will continue to crescendo like a pregnant woman preparing to give birth. Can I get an amen? Um, These things are just going to keep on ramping up. And the frequency and intensity will continue to grow, and the love of men will grow colder and colder in the last days. So can I I get like a witness? Does it feel like the, the love is getting colder? Yeah. So we have responsibility, even in this time period, okay, to heed to Jesus's words, which we're going to read, which is we need to be on watch, we need to be discerning, we need to be praying and staying spiritually awake. And Jesus prepared his disciples for his return. And the question we need to be asking as we look at these passages is, will we be found faithful Will we be found vigilant? Will we be laboring in God's harvest? Or is he going to find us asleep? When it's on our watch, which is now, is he going to find a a church, a bride, a believer that's on call and ready to go? Or is he going to find a church that's asleep? So I'm going to pray one more time and then we'll get into it. Lord, um, Please help us to be sober. Please help us to um, spiritually discern the times. And and God, help us uh, to uh, be fruitful for you and for your kingdom and and be ready for your second return. All right. So um, the signs of the times, okay? So like I said, or at least alluded to, Jesus is giving like a playbook of here's some things that are going to be happening uh, before like I come again. And so his disciples, you know, they're grappling with this. And Jesus uh, actually gives them a, a parable to consider. He says this now, learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves... Ye know that summer is near, so ye, in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, even at the doors. Like these times, this tri- this tribulation, when we th- when we see these things come to pass, know that it's near, even at the doors. All right. So we need to be discerning, okay? And I'm honing in on on verse. 29, it says, when ye shall see these things come to pass. So here's the highlight reel of what was covered earlier in Mark chapter 13, okay? So uh, the, the first one would just be uh, deception of religious leaders, okay? That there will be religious leaders that will come in the name of Christ and, and will deceive. So things like, I think about like the prosperity gospel, um, hey, send me a dollar and God's going to send you back 10. Uh, and uh, here's my QR code. Um, and, uh, you, you, you know, these, these are, you know, that's just a silly example. Well, not silly, a real example. But this is something that we're seeing in our time. Uh, wars and rumors of wars. You guys hearing about any wars going on? Okay. Earthquakes and Famines feel like once a month, there's a hurricane, there's an earthquake, there's a flood. I mean, just in our country alone. Uh, I don't know how like State Farm is staying afloat uh, with all of this. Um, but yeah, it's like it, there's a disaster that our government is throwing billions of dollars at at any point. Persecutions and betrayals. Okay, persecutions and betrayals. Are we seeing any of that? Where are we seeing that? Seeing it in the news? Politics. Um, I get a, a WhatsApp message from one of our um, beloved pastors in India probably once a week that is just showing like how much the the believers in the rural India are getting persecuted, churches being burned down, houses being burned down. Uh, pastors being killed. Um, this is like happening right now. And then Jesus talks about the abomination of desolation, which is when uh, the Antichrist will actually come and sacrifice unto himself um, as God. So have we seen that? Okay, for those that are online, I think I heard one person say, no, not yet. Um. And the that's right. That's right. So, you know, that should at least, like, that should help us uh, at least know that some of this stuff hasn't quite taken place yet. Um, and the Jewish, the third Jewish temple has not yet been built. Okay. Uh, but on our prophetic radar, um, it should have went on high alert when Israel became an official nation in 1948. Um, because before that time... It's kind of like people just spiritualized Israel as the church. You know, the church was just like, like the continuation of Israel. Uh, But when Israel became a nation again in 1948, and miraculously after like 2000 years, you've got people in their, like in their native country who had been dispersed. They're speaking their native language, Hebrew, like all of a sudden it's like, wow, these past, like these scriptures that we're seeing in Mark 13, these scriptures that we're seeing in Revelation, these scriptures that we're seeing in Daniel, these could actually like come to pass at any moment. Um, And and Jesus actually says in Mark 13, this is like really sober, that things are going to get so bad that if he didn't shorten the days, that even the elect would fall away. Even the elect would would fall away. And it talks about like those that endure to the end shall be saved. And I don't want to like get on a bunny trail with that. But again, um, how are Christians saved? Is it through our endurance? No, it's it's through our faith in Jesus Christ. So again, this should be an indicator that like this is for a different people group um, that are working under uh, a different dispensation, same God. Um, so if you have any questions about that, we can always talk about that. Like, feel free to talk to me. Um, a lot of the people in here um, have a good handle on rightly dividing the, the book. So let's, if you have questions about anything I'm saying here, feel free to grab one of us. So, um, but, but ultimately Jesus talks about his second coming. His second coming to the earth. So we're going to do a quick little game. Okay. Um, so I need some volunteers. Okay. Carolyn, uh, I'm going to let you do this one. Carolyn, I'm going to let you do this one. Okay. Okay. So, hey, we're going to try to discern the times. All right. Okay. So when, when uh, 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 a woman is pregnant and their belly gets bigger, what can we anticipate coming? A baby. A baby. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, I should have brought prizes out of the basement. <laughs> Next time. Okay. Um, Your basement. Yeah, my basement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, remember, we're trying to clear it out. I, I always got to mention that every sermon. Um, okay, so you know this one. Uh, you're sitting at a stoplight. You're, it's red for you. But you can kind of see that light, you know, that's like, over there. And so when it, when it turns yellow, what can you discern from that? What, what, what's coming? I'm about to a green. You're about to get a green. And then what? And then I hit the gas. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. If you're blind and asleep, you will hit the, gla- the gas. You will look both ways when it turns green and make sure that some idiot isn't on their phone. I, I say that lighthearted, but I, I, this was like last year. I was at a red light. There was a car in front of me. It turned green. The lady pulled out and just, or no, I'm sorry, a guy pulled out and just got slammed by a minivan. You know, this, this is the type of mentality that we need to have um, as responsible adults, but also as Christians, that even though the world's saying go, even though we're getting that green light, we're going to stop for a moment We're going to look both ways and discern is this, even though the world's saying, yeah, are we going to go? Okay. Think about Jesus. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago or last month. When Jesus came to Jerusalem after the triumphal entry on a donkey, what did he do? He just observed. He didn't go clearing out tables. He didn't go celebrating. He just observed. And then he went home and probably went and watched and prayed. Okay. All right. COVID time. Governments just like printing stimulus checks. What's going to come of that? Inflation. Inflation. Yes. Did that happen? Yes. Okay. So again, like we got to be discerning of these things. And uh, what about this one? So storm clouds are a coming. There's lightning. What's probably going to happen in your neighborhood Tornado or rain, the, this storm. I don't know what is this. That is that tornado weather. Yeah, uh, probably not a good time to fly a kite, right? Probably not a good time to go out for a run. All right. So these are things like we need to be discerning, and Jesus actually, he he was really hard on the the, the Pharisees, and of course they were scheming, and they're like, Jesus, show us a sign as if Jesus hadn't already shown like dozens of signs to thousands of people. But they're, they're asking for a sign. And it says this uh, in, in Matthew 16, verse 1, The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. And then listen to what Jesus says here. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? So like, all you guys can discern inflation. As a class, we did a pretty good job discerning that a baby was coming. Good job. But God has a higher expectation for us as believers that we are to be discerning of the times. So are you discerning the times? Like what's happening in our time, like right now? Uh, This is kind of a silly one, but like we're constantly under surveillance. How many of you guys have like just had an innocent conversation uh, with somebody and then you open up Instagram or Facebook and you're getting like the most Specific ad. Okay. Whenever Allie and I are talking, she'll always remind me. She's like, they're listening right now. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the password. Or she'll be like, here's my social security number. They're listening. (laughs) But dude, we are like always under surveillance. Um, Our technology is making us both... Omniscient, all-knowing. In some ways, you know, I'm kind of saying that tongue-in-cheek, but like we're all-knowing and omnipresent. Man, you can be anywhere, yeah. okay? And in Revelation chapter thirteen, when uh, the people are being monitored by the beast, and if they don't worship, uh, they like they'll they'll be put to death, and they can't buy things. Uh, unless they they have the mark of the beast. It's like, well, that seems very plausible right now. Whole Foods wants me to scan my hand to pay (laughs) because they're owned by Amazon. Um, You know, we've got digital currency, and uh, Jesus said, like, talked about, like, the, the, the days of Noah, that this is, like, this is something that we need to be watching out for, for, They'll be eating and drinking and just like giving over to marriage. And uh, I, again, I don't, I'll just say it. I've just been thinking this all week. How sad was it that for three Super Bowl championships in a row, our, our heroes of the city were just completely drunk yeah. Oh, yeah. up on stage, yeah. up on stage uh, in front of all these children Barely able to talk yeah. and, uh, and these are signs of our and, and many of these 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 heroes, like during the, the games are like, man, gl- like glory to God, yeah. glory to God, uh, you know God got me to this place right and and yet you see a, a complete disconnect um, Gen AI. Deep fakes. if you don't know what deep fakes are, deep fakes are basically you can take a photo of somebody and then Gen AI can make a video of them saying anything, doing anything. <clears throat> uh, this was a, kind of an interesting one. Did anybody see this video of the, the Cybertruck and the guy in it with the Apple Vision Pro goggles? So the Cybertruck can like drive on its own, autonomous driving, And so this, like, video is this uh, person's pulling up to the Cybertruck, probably just videoing it because it looks like it's straight out of Mad Max. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's a Cybertruck. And then they get to the driver, and the dude's got the new Apple Vision Pro goggles on. He's not even, like, driving, and he's just, like, touching things. Like, you can Google it, man. It's like, uh, people are going to be so disconnected from reality And it's coming. And, uh, I mean, what I'm kind of excited about these vision pros I've been like watching, but it's like, people are saying that like, after you put these on, like reality feels so dull, like reality feels so dull, your phones. I mean, think how addicting our phones are. They're saying like your phones and your computers are going to feel so flat And like these things are just like endorphins, like just like like we've never seen before. So sorry, guys, this is like the doom and gloom. Like this is the doom and gloom week, but it's it's important. okay? so so we're we're called to 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 be discerning of the signs of the times. But then it's like almost paradoxically, uh, Jesus uh, tells us we're not going to be able to know the actual time. Okay, so it's like, what do we do with that? Well, Jesus is going to tell us what we need to do to be ready. Okay, so Mark chapter 13, verses 32 and 33. But of that day, so Jesus' return, and of that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Okay, hey, so like when people are on YouTube or at church, prophesying and saying, hey, in the year 2000, when all the computers shut down, Jesus is going to return. You know, nobody knows the time or the hour, okay? But we shouldn't just be like, well, we can't know, so let's just kind of like kick it. No, like we still need to be discerning. And This is what Jesus says to his disciples. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know... For ye know not when the time is. So Jesus is saying, don't go on autopilot. Don't kick back. But like, pay attention. Take ye heed. Pay attention. Watch and pray. So this is the first thing. The servant of the Lord is prepared for the son's return by taking heed. Okay? Now taking heed, this isn't something that we typically say. I don't normally say to my children, take ye heed to my words. Although that would probably... That'd probably go over it pretty well. But um, take, taking heed is actually something that is, is said in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And uh, you can see this in your notes. In Mark chapter 13, it's actually said four times. I would say if there was like a key word for this chapter, it's take heed. And it's said in different ways, but it's take heed. And I would define it based on just some word studies and, and some blue letter Bible concordance, dictionary, things like that, is taking heed means to see and to discern. Okay, You've got to look. You've got to be looking. You've got to be circumspect. You've got to be looking around. And the warning is that if you don't take heed, others are going to lead you astray. You're going to be deceived. You're going to be taken off the path of the Lord. And in Mark chapter 13... I would say there's, there's three key things that we're to keep an eye on and to discern. The first one would be leaders. So he talks about false Christ coming and people coming in the name of God to lead people astray. We need to be discerning of our politicians, our church leaders. We need to be paying attention to what they're saying. And we always need to reprove it with God's word. It doesn't matter what I say here. It doesn't matter what Pastor Sam says or Pastor Mitch or your Bible study leader. What does the Bible say? And if we're not pointing to what scripture says, we're leading you astray. And I pray that we would that we would stay on point for that. The other thing is that we need to pay attention to current events. But we're also commanded not to fear. Okay. There will be wars and rumors of wars. And you guys, sometimes like when these, th- especially when these things hit home, uh, you know, all of the terrible events that happen, it's, it's, it's easy to get scared. Um, I had a coworker send me a, a link for a, a backpack insert, uh, a bulletproof backpack insert for our kids. And she was like this is actually like this is probably a good idea for you to get for your kids. Like it is easy now to just like be scared, but the Lord's commanding us like pay attention to the events but be not afraid. And then the third one, and this is the one we're really going to focus on is that we need to take heed to our own soul. We need to actually discern what is happening inside of us. We need God's spiritual mirror. And of course, that comes from reading the word. Of course, that comes from prayer. That also comes from being in fellowship. Man, some of the, some of the most loving things that have ever been said to me from my wife, uh, from my Bible study leaders, from my pastor, have been hard things that have been like, hey, I've been observing you and This is what I'm seeing, and it's not right. Um, This is what scripture is saying, but your life is not lining up to that. We need to take heed to ourselves. So Deuteronomy 4.9 says this, Only take heed to thyself, and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. This passage is like, there's so much to unpack. But what I'll just say about this is that it's so easy to forget what our eyes have seen from the Lord. It's so easy for those things to depart from our heart, and especially when we put on the world's vision pro and it starts just like pulling us aside, we forget those things. Like in within a day But also I love in this passage, it says, but teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. And man, as I've been thinking about like, what's it mean to have a vision for my family? As I've started to think about that, of what it means to keep the soul of my children, the soul of my wife diligently, the soul of myself, I've realized that there's a lot of gaps in in my own vision. As I'm even just trying to think about what it means to teach my sons. And to have them be prepared for their children. Like, I have not kept my soul diligently in some areas. And that's not right. But we need to be thinking about the next generation and the next generation after that. Joshua 22 verse 5 says this, But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and cleave unto him and to serve with all your heart and with all your soul. And there's, there's a lot to taking heed. But again, like I, we can get back to just the simplicity, man. If we can just love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, if, if we can just do that, the heating will come. The taking heed to his words, it will come. Uh, I did some research on chameleons. Uh, I was just kind of curious what animal can kind of see with like a 360 ability. And apparently the chameleon, as you can like watch his eyes, um, they can go backwards and forwards. Also watched the movie Rango on Friday night, um, which is fantastic uh, about a chameleon with his eyes going all wonky. But you guys like we need to be circumspect. When I was first dating Allie, uh, I knew there was something different about her. And uh, I could probably take the rest of the sermon to just talk about um, how God has just uniquely gifted her. But one of the things that I just appreciated was her circumspectness. When she would walk in a parking lot late at night, she would pull her, her long hair in front of her, so that somebody couldn't come behind and grab it. She wouldn't be on a cell phone, uh, just like chatting up a storm late at night, walking on campus. And uh, I, I maybe I'm fabricating this, but I think I remember you saying like, "Never park next to a creepy white van." <laughs> right? She's circumspect. She's, she's, she's aware of her surroundings. And you guys, we need to spiritually be circumspect. Yeah. Yeah. So be circumspect. You guys, stay in fellowship and under spiritual covering. Um, man, when we get out of fellowship, we start thinking crazy thoughts. And I am susceptible of that. And I'm guessing if you're like anything like me, you probably are too. And yet when we stay in fellowship, when we get into the house of God, and hear the word of God, and we worship, and set our hearts on the Lord, God gives us that that spiritual vision, and that discernment. And again, I just, be a student. Be a student of yourself. Uh, I I would encourage you, if you don't journal, um, journal. Be a student of yourself. Write down what you're thinking, what you're feeling, but then, like, don't just discover yourself, but like, See it through the lens of God's word. Oh, I'm feeling this right now. I'm so angry. Oh, but God, God has told me not to let the sun go down on my wrath. Why am I feeling this way right now? What do I need to do to get right? You know, so like be, be a student, observe yourself, observe your, around, your surroundings. Um, I'll talk about just a couple of anti-patterns uh, to taking heed. Uh, one of them is just constant entertainment. Uh, you just become numb i'm not i 'm not against entertainment uh, i 'm not against apple vision pro like but like everything in moderation, and at the point where it 's pulling you away from the lord it 's gone too far. Uh, drunkenness, kind of talked about that, but you guys we don 't just get drunk on on alcohol. we can get drunk on pride we can get drunk on power, we can get drunk on money, we can get drunk on entertainment. There's a lot of things that can take us out of sobriety. Uh, friendship with the world, unequal yoking, and I'm not, uh, yes, marriage, I'm thinking about things like if you, like, like business, like if you, like, commit to somebody that's not a believer uh, to go forward and, like, some kind of business venture or something like that, like, you got to be careful about these things. They can lead you astray. All right. And the next one, uh, the next verses we're going to look at, and we'll probably wrap up here, is Mark chapter 13, verses 34 through 37. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, For you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, disciples, I say unto all, watch. That's the Lord's commandment. Watch. Okay? The city is going to burn down. Watch. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Watch. Mothers and brothers and fathers are going to turn you in, turn their back against you. Watch. So the servant of the Lord is prepared for the son's return by watching and praying. And if you were to do a word study on, on this, you actually see these words come together coupled of, like often, Watch and pray, watch and pray. So Matthew 26:41, "Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You guys, when we watch and pray, we get anchored in the spirit. We can walk in the spirit. Revelation 16, 15. behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and see the, see they see his, and they see his shame. So um, it's interesting that. Uh, in this parable that we see in in verses 34 through 37, um, it kind of parallels a, a parable that we had just seen by Jesus where he brought the indictment against the religious leaders where a man went off to a far country and the stewards basically beat all the servants up and killed uh, all the prophets that, that were sent to them uh, when they were being asked to deliver the fruit. And we see Jesus almost like parallel this now. And uh, I I wanted to just anchor in on the porter because the porter was called to watch in this. It says, uh, and he commanded the porter to watch. And the first mention of porter in in the KJV, it's kind of interesting because the porter is actually not watching, but there's actually a watchman on the wall because they have the high ground. They're watching. And then they gave the commandment to the porter to open the door, to let this messenger come in. So there were actually like two roles. There was the watchman and there was the porter. Does it make sense? The porter's got to like guard the door. He's not up high. He's like down low, right? But like here, the porter, the one that, that watches the door, is also the one that's called to watch. And we have to have... Both those mentalities of being a watchman or a watchwoman and also making sure that we're discerning what is coming in, what is coming into our lives. That's how we keep our soul diligently. We don't let everything in. We don't let everything in. We're out of time. I highly encourage you, maybe you can star this on your notes, but Ezekiel 33, one through six. It is a sobering, sobering uh, responsibility of the watchman. The watchman's actually held accountable if they don't sound the alarm. So what alarms are we seeing? And are we sounding the alarm to those around us, our coworkers, our friends? As we're discerning the times, are we bunkering down? Are we, are we getting our, our emergency pack prepared? Or are we sounding the alarm that time is short, now's the time to repent? No, move here. Yeah, yeah, amen. And then the porter's also to guard the door. So we're going to stop there. And um, if anybody has anything, uh, just in terms of questions about what we, we spoke about this morning, if... Um, if anybody's carrying a burden, uh, just encourage you to like come and talk to me, talk to Pastor Mitch, talk to somebody that's nearby, and let's pray together. Um, and I'm going to wrap up. Father, um, without your discernment, without um, your word, without your spirit, without your church, God, we will walk through this world blindly. Would you give us eyes to discern the times and to be ready and watching and taking heed to our soul diligently. And I pray, God, that we would be the faithful steward in that parable that delivers um, fruit to you from your harvest, um, that you would not catch us sleeping, um, but that we would be awake and ready for you. In Jesus' name, amen. love you guys. Have a great Sunday. Yeah, it is okay to take naps. Naps are okay. All right. Just not spiritual naps.